right, thank you so much. My goodness, what a worship service. Singing, fantastic. We pray that it be received by the Lord, and thank you so much for taking part in worship this morning. If you brought your Bibles, please turn to the book of Psalm. We'll look at Psalm 121 this morning. Psalm 121. I want to share with you a sermon I've simply entitled, Help for the Journey. Help for the Journey. Psalm 121, and we'll look at that entire psalm, only eight verses. And so if you will, please follow along as I read. Psalm 121, and we'll look at verses 1 through verse 8. The psalmist said, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Help for the journey. The Bible teaches that all of us, kindly strangers and sojourners and pilgrims on this earth, A sojourner, a pilgrim, is just a person who is on a long journey. Long journey. So the point is, none of us know really which way the road of life is going to turn, or really which way it's going to go. None of us know which way the road of life will bend, or how it will curve, or how it will twist. There will be times for hills, be times for curves, be times for valleys, be times for bends in the road. But eventually all of us will come to a curve or a dip or uphill, an uphill climb, and uh, we'll continue the best we can on our road. When that occurs, when those twists and curves and uphills come, we have to look for God for help, for strength, and also for direction. Some of us, perhaps some of you here, this morning, our experience in that kind of bend in the road right now. It may be a bend in your health. We have several in our faith family now that are experiencing some serious health problems, and you have that little bend in your road. It may be a bend in regards to your marriage, a difficult time right now you're going through perhaps with your spouse. It may be a bend with your children. You may have a child that perhaps is extremely sick, or you may have maybe a wayward teenager or a young adult that's walked away from God and you really don't understand. It's kind of a little bend in the road now that you're traveling on. Maybe a bend in regards to your job, your finances. Maybe a bend because suddenly you've become a caregiver taking care of a senior adult, and it's a bend for some senior adults because we've never been where we are right now, the age we are and the cares that we need. So the question becomes, what do you do when you come to a curve or a bend or an uphill climb on your journey? 
What do you do when you come to an uphill climb in your life? I'm reminded of a favorite old spiritual, and I've shared it before as an illustration. One of my favorite songs, it just says this, This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. And so, now, not of all of us, I believe all of us would probably agree that it's not easy to pass through this world. There's some difficult times. I've experienced them in my life, and no doubt you have in yours times past, or you may be going through those right now. But as you read Psalm 21, you can hear the psalmist kindly crying out. And he's crying out, so to speak, Lord, I need your help. Lord, I need you to guide me. I need you to guide me on this journey. I've kindly lost my way. Lord, can you just show me the right way to go? Lord, can you show me the directions I need to take? And so in, in thinking those thoughts and crying out in his heart, he begins to lift his eyes to the hill, to the hills, and he sees the one who can give him direction. He sees the one that can give him strength and the one that can give him hope for his journey. Now, in the Christian Standard Bible, the subject heading for this psalm is the Song of Ascents, A-S-E-N-T-S. The King James Version is the Song of Degrees, the Song of Ascents, the Song of Degrees. And so there's 15 of these special songs of degrees, these songs of ascents. The point being that as the Israelites would travel to Jerusalem for the feast at the temple, they were so eager to get there to be with their friends and to take part in the feast and to take part in their sacrifices that they would sing these songs as, as they ascended from the lowland to Jerusalem, to the city of Jerusalem, which was on a high hill. So these songs are the songs of ascents are the songs of degrees going up. Have you, ever, have you ever sung going to church? Have you ever just been in a car and driving down the road going to church and start singing? I've done that. Our family did that when I was growing up from time to time, just singing going to church. And you kind of get the image of God's people singing as they made their way to Jerusalem there on a high hill. The point is the psalmist uh, this psalm in particular is the music of kind of an uphill journey. It reminds us that, that our journey of life is long, and our journey of life is winding, and our journey of life is real dangerous, and we don't know what all is going to happen in our life. But we can say hallelujah because this road finally comes to the city of God, promised in John 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled, Jesus said. Let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And so we can say hallelujah because we know this uphill journey that we're on is going to end at the city of God. Well, for the Christian, we can rejoice in knowing that because it's obvious that we're on this journey and we know that on this journey there's some help and there's some assistance. And so first of all, if you're taking notes, there's help for the journey. 
There's help for the journey. And so the psalmist said, first of all, just look around. Notice verse 1 there. He says, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. Look around for help. And as the psalmist, as he begins his journey, he looks around and he begins to think, this, this journey may be dangerous. It may have twists and turns. It's going to be a dangerous journey. It's going to be a dangerous journey. And so he looks up and he sees the mountain. And as you read the Bible, you're going to find that many great things happened on mountains. You'll find that Abraham was told to present his only son, Isaac, as a sacrifice to God on, on the mountaintop. There at Mount Moriah. Moses, if you remember, went to Mount Sinai, on top of Mount Sinai, to receive the law of God, top of a mountain. If you remember Moses, given to all the mountain, Jesus, if you remember, had this sermon on the mount, standing on the mountain, preaching. And then Elijah killed the prophets of Baal on the mountain of Carmel. And then Jesus, if you remember, carried his cross to a mountain, Mount Calvary, Mount Golgotha. So don't be afraid of the mountains because there are a lot of good things that happen on mountains. So if you're climbing a mountain right now, don't let that upset you because there's help for your journey and a lot of things turn out for the good on the top of a mountain. Mountains can give you a sense of peace. They can, they can give you a sense of contentment, a, a sense of tranquility. You know, we, we love to go to the Smokies and we like to find a cabin and the higher you can get in the summer, uh, the better it is. In the winter, it's a nightmare for me. But in the summer, you can look out and just have this peace, just looking out over the mountains. There's some tranquility there, and there's some contentment there. So mountains can come your spirit. And notice what he says. He said, I will look to the hills. So the point is, we look around for help, and we look in for help. Now, there's, let me say this. There's a misconception there about verse 1, if you're not careful, because the King James can be misleading in this verse. Look at verse 1. He said, you have to be careful. Verse 1, he says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, comma, from whence cometh my help, period. So if you're not careful, verse 1, if you're not careful, you're going to conclude that your help comes from where? The mountains. He says that. He says in, this, in the King James, I'll lift up mine eyes unto the hills, comma, from whence cometh my help. But in the Christian Standard Bible and other translations, primarily the New King James translation, it corrects that punctuation. It says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills, period, from whence cometh my help, question mark. And then if you'll look at verse 2, my help cometh from the Lord. A lot of difference there. Whence cometh my help. Man, what a difference. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. And so the point is, this traveler looks to the hills outward, and then he looks inward, and he asks the simple question, where am I going to find help? I mean, uh, what if something terrible happens? Who can help me? You see, he's talking to himself. That's called, that's called internal knowledge. He kindly speaks to himself. 
Where am I going to find help? And then he looks around to the mountains. He looks up to the mountains. He looks within. He talks to himself. And then he looks above. Look at verse 2. And my help cometh from the Lord. Now this is the foundation of the whole psalm. My help comes from the Lord. Where's your help come from? He said, my help comes from the Lord. He looks above. My help comes from the Lord. So the foundation of the psalm, I, I've looked to the mountains, there's no help there. I've looked within, there's no help there. And I have looked up and I've realized that my help comes from the Lord. That's where our help comes from. As Brother Ralph Beckenbach would say, jeepers. That makes a lot of sense. Jeepers. Man, just think, our help comes from the Lord. So what a lesson for us who are travelers on the road of life, who don't know how things are going to turn out, and especially if we're in a bend right now, that our help is going to come from the Lord. Why is that? Because He made heaven, He made the earth. So He looks to the One who set the stars in space. He looks to the one who set the earth on its axis and, and, and put it on its rotation course. He looks to the one who kind of guides the planets in a rotation around the sun. That's who he looks to for his help. And if he can do all of that, which he can, surely he can guide my steps, my direction, while I'm on this road that I don't know where I'm going or what's going to happen. That's who I'm going to look to. And so we're all pilgrims passing through this world on a journey. First, there's help for our journey. But second, jot this down, there's promises for help. There's promises of help on our journey. So he's traveling down the road, and as we travel down our road on our journey of life, not knowing what's going to happen, there's some things to remember. First of all, the Lord, the Lord perceives you, pointed out in this verse. We can't see the Lord, but He can see us. He perceives us. He knows you. The Bible says in Matthew 10, verse 30, He even knows the number of hair that we have on our head. He knows us. He knows how you feel. He perceives you. Look at verse 3. He will not suffer that thy foot be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, in verse 4, He that keepeth Israel shall not neither slumber nor sleep. Have you ever, have you ever paced the floor at night and just couldn't go to sleep because perhaps a, a, a teenager had not come home? And I can remember growing up, my mother, my mother would always wait up at night for me to come in. Every night, even the night before I got married, I, I went home, my mother was awake. And when I walked in, she walked to the bedroom. She couldn't sleep. She did that for my sister also. Have you, have you ever stayed up because you just couldn't sleep? Uh, I mean, because, you know, not knowing what's going to go on or worrying or wondering. And my mother would always stay up. But see, there's some good news. Notice there in verse 3. He who keeps you will not slumber nor sleep. God never takes a day off. God always knows what's going on in your life. He never sleeps. He's right there. He's, he's watching you. He has His eyes on you. Even when you're sleeping, He's awake. He perceives you. He protects you. Look at verse 5. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. He protects you. 
So as travelers, we have to realize that God is watching over us at night. He's, he is shading us during the day, watching over us. Look at verse 6. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. It's interesting. So after the day is over, he's going to protect us during the night. The sun's not going to smite you during the day. Nothing's going to happen to you during the day. The moon's not going to smite you during the night. You won't be struck by the moon. Have you, have you ever heard that? Have you ever heard about being moonstruck? Being moonstruck? Matthew chapter 17. Let me share this with you. Matthew chapter 17. Look at verse 14. I believe it may be on the screen. Verse 14. Listen, Matthew 17, 14. And when they were come to... When they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic, a lunatic, and sore vexed. For oftentimes he falleth into the fire and often into the water, and I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Verse 17, Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless, perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil. He departed out of him, and the child was cured from that same hour. The Bible says here that he was a lunatic. The sun's not going to hurt you in the day. The, de the, the moon is not going to strike you at night. You see, in biblical times, people believe that the sunlight and the moonlight brought dangers. They were dangerous. You could be struck by the sun. You could be struck by the, by the moon. You could be struck by both. And so if you've been struck by the moon, they referred to that as lunacy or lunatic. A mental sickness. However, the Christian Standard Bible translates that lunatic as epilepsy. And other translations do now. And so these are people today who suffer from, from epilepsy. And, 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 and in reality, there are still people today who suffer from night fears. Do you suffer from night fears or does my wife, and she's the only one that has to have a nightlight on in our bedroom at night. You know. Some people don't like the darkness. The point is, God is great, and he's going to provide safety in the heat of the day, or he's going to provide safety during the terrors of the night. He's got you covered. He's never going to leave you. He perceives you. He protects you. Then he preserves you. Look as we close. Verse 7, the Lord shall preserve thee from the... All evil, he shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out, thy coming in from this time forth and forevermore. He preserves you, notice, from evil. Think of the worst thing that could happen to you. Nothing is out of his control, whatever evil that you might have thought of. Every, every evil that you could ever name is under his control. He has power over that. He preserves us from evil. He preserves our existence. Look at verse 7. He says, The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul, i.e., he shall preserve thy life. The Lord is going to protect your life regardless. You see, the point is your life doesn't end when you breathe your last breath. Always remember that when we talk about the funeral, the funeral is a punctuation mark in our life. It's not the period. Uh, we continue to live. And so the funeral really is not the end. And for the Christian, 
You have this eternal life. Eternal life. You are an eternal creature, and God's going to guide your soul on earth, and He's going to guide your soul through eternity. You never quit living as a Christian. I looked at an old song that we sung years ago. Good song. It says, I'm on my way to that fair land where the soul of man never dies. Where there'll be no parting there and the soul of man never dies. No sad farewells, no tear dim dies. Where all is love, all is joy, all is peace. And the soul of man never dies. God guides you while you're alive on earth. When you close your eyes here, He guides you as you go through eternity. My goodness. He's going to preserve Preserve you eternally. Verse 8. The Lord shall preserve thy going out, thy coming in, from this time forth and forevermore. Forevermore. Now, I don't know where you are on your journey. I don't know where you are on the road of life. You may be in a flat. You may be in a bend. It may be in a curve. But you need to be of good cheer. Because the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 38, God's Word says this, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's going to be with us. It's going to be with us. I don't know where you are, you may be in that bend. Years ago, about 11 years ago now, I sent my daughter this poem, and I've shared it with our church in times past. I'd like to read it again just to remind you. The title of it is called A Bend in the Road. Sometimes we come to life's crossroads, and we view what we think is the end. But God has a much wider vision and he knows that it's only a bend. The road will go on and get smoother, and after we stop for a rest, the path that lies hidden beyond us is often the path that is best. So rest and relax and grow stronger. Let go and let God share your load, and have faith in a brighter tomorrow. You've just come to a bend in the road. Today, you may be in a bend but just remember, it's just a bend. There's help for the journey if you put your faith and trust in Jesus. But let me just say this. If you refuse to do that, you're on your own. You're on your own. That's frightening to me. To be in a world on my own, not knowing what's in the next curve or the next bend or down the road. Verse 2 says, My help comes from the Lord who made heaven, made earth. And so there's help for the journey. There's promises for the journey. He perceives you. He protects you. There's, he preserves you from evil, from, from, your, from extinction, from every day. He preserves you eternally. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we've had to come and worship you this morning and now for speaking to our hearts through your word. I pray for each person. I pray first that everyone here is a believer and as a believer, we've been through twists and turns, and we know, Lord, the power that you have in our lives. 
And so our faith and trust is in you. And we don't know what's behind the, the, the other side. But Lord, we trust you. We know this is a bend. We may be going through a bend or a curve. But Lord, we know that you're in charge and you're in control. And you love us and you're going to work out the best for us. And so that's, that's why we live by faith. You tell us the just shall live by faith. So our faith and trust is in you. And so help us, Lord, we pray to just remember that we're never alone and you're always there watching, looking after us, taking care of us, and you're going to work out the best for us. I pray for every person here this morning, for those who have never trusted you as Lord and Savior of their lives. They may be trusting in several things, but Lord, we know that you tell us in your word that uh, you're the only way to heaven. You're the way, the truth, and the life. And no one goes to heaven, no one goes to God except through you. And so today I pray from turning from sin and placing faith and trust in you, Lord, they would ask you to come into their life and save them. Thank you for what you're going to do during this time of invitation as you speak uh, to people to make uh, so many decisions. We pray they'll be obedient to your spirit. We make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning we're going to sing together uh, Amazing Grace. You're